This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. There's this saying, sisters before misters, like, you know, the girl version of bros before hoes. And I really hope that one day people will take it seriously because when you're from a small rural town, full of racist people, anything can happen. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Elena Sotaika, the victim, Brandon Blackshear, the guy Elena was fighting over, and Casey Kaysen, our murderess. Casey Deanna Kaysen was born on April 28th, 1993, and she is from Live Oak, Florida. Sisters Who Kill Trivia, what other case is from Live Oak, Florida? Dino, Dino. Now, Live Oak is a small rural town in Florida. That's right, everybody. We're headed to Florida. It's located between two major cities, and it's about an hour drive, pretty central. I would say it's closer to Gainesville, a um, little, little more north than Gainesville, but that's probably the closest, really, city. And I don't think Gainesville is even considered a major city, but still. There we go. It's down there. Live Oak is real country. It's real racist. It has the largest chapter of the Knight Riders of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, in the entire state. They live in Live Oak. Now, Casey, she graduated from Swanee High School in 2011. There isn't much about her background that we could find, but we kind of stalked her on Facebook and looked around. And what we could find is that she did have a pretty good amount of family and friends that loved her and that supported her. She was known as a really quiet girl, but even though she was quiet, she was still known. She wasn't one of those people that just faded in the background. She was very fashionable. She loved to dress up. In high school, Casey had this best friend named Elena Faith Sortaika. Elena was born on October 26, 1992, and she is also from Live Oak. And they went to Swanee High School together, her and Casey. These girls were real friends. They families knew of each other. Who that girl? Oh, that's Casey's best friend, Elena, and the vice versa, right? Now, Elena had a big family, and 
a nice, good group of friends around her, too. If you look on her Facebook, it seems like even though Elena was white, she hung out with, like, a nice mix of black girls. Like, this wasn't her token black friend or something, you know? She could sit at the table, hold her own or whatever. Their other friends were very aware of this friendship. Like, if you say, who's her best friend? Elena's is Casey, and Casey's is Elena. The two are tight like glue, right? So... Like we said, Elena, Casey, best friends, graduated from high school together. Casey had a child. They're still best friends. But Casey started messing with this new dude named Brandon. However, Brandon won shit. And Brandon was, was never going to be shit. Casey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, I don't know what his future holds. We just know what's happening here. Well, <laughs> You're right. I shouldn't infer. He was messing around with both of the besties, okay? He was fucking Elena and Casey. For a minute, they didn't know about it. And then when they found out, they were not happy. Now, he didn't really, like, openly date them. There's no romance at all between him and either one of the girls. He would, like, go to their house, smoke them out, then have sex with them. He never had, like, one of those, like, threesome things where both of them knew about it and they were cool with it. Was it ever like that? Elena, she finds out that Casey is sleeping with Brandon and she gets upset like whoa what the fuck like why are you sleeping with this man that I'm sleeping with too and Elena is like first of all all this is going left and if you really try to keep messing around with him I'm gonna beat your ass Casey is like whoa there bestie calm down let's not have this escalate yeah, I'm messing with him too, but like, we don't even need to, we're not having these problems. Like, we don't even need to do any of this. And Elena was calling Casey all day on, it it was what, July 18th, 2015, all morning. She was calling Casey, I'm going to beat your ass, da 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 And Casey was like, are you serious? Girl, it's like, it's not even that deep. Like, dick ain't, (laughs) it ain't worth it. Like, Now, Brandon, he's a felon. He's known to be a person that just hops from one girl house to the other girl house. I don't know if he was the type of nigga that was sleeping to have a place to sleep, if you know what I'm saying. But it was giving it's giving very much that. So on one Sunday, July 19, 2015, around 4 p.m. to be exact, Elena drives to Casey's house, which is at the 1300 block of Fifth Street in Live Oak. And on the way, Elena calls Casey up to let her know, check this out, I'm coming to beat your ass. And Casey, like, grabs a knife, don't know if she was in the kitchen cooking, don't know what Casey had going on at the moment, right? But she grabs a knife and she, like, kind of puts it in her road pocket. Now, Casey is a little bit shook, okay? Because Elena was known to throw hands. And Casey said, if she's coming to fight me, I know I'm about to get my ass beat. Let's just put it straight up like that. So Elena pulls up and she's like, mm-mm, Casey, bring your ass outside. Come right here. I heard you was fucking with my guy. I was about to say fucking with my guy. Because nigga, you know your friends can, can fight. <laughs> you know your friends that can fight. Like, for instance, you guys, here's a story. Me and Tazzy got into a real bad argument one time. Real bad. I mean, we were screaming and yelling at each other. I mean, if you were there, y'all would have been scared. And I'm not gonna lie, like, I got real upset. And I've thought about putting my hands on Tazzy. And you know what I said to myself? <laughs> Bitch, you can't fight. <laughs> what you gonna do when Tazzy hit you back? <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you, that would have been on. <laughs> Girl, because listen, you, but you know your people. And 
most of my friends can fight. Like, I, I don't know how I ended up getting so lucky to be the friend that just talks shit and can't fight. And I got fighting ass friends. It's great. I love it here. <laughs> but you know, you know which friends to try and not to try. I know exactly the argument you're talking about. I know your twin was in the other room like, what in the world? <laughs> right. And she ain't say nothing. Right. Niggas got to know when to mind their business, you know? You know? So, yeah, Elena's like, come outside, girl, come outside and get this ass whooping. You've been messing with my man. So Casey comes up to the doorstep and Elena's at the fence. And now the knife is visible to Elena. And Elena says, girl, what the fuck you doing with a knife? You going to stab me? And Casey's like, nah, girl, it's nothing. Can you just leave me alone? Like, calm down. So, like, Casey has this knife in her hand or in her pocket, wherever it is. She has this knife. And Elena's still going towards her, like, ready to fight. Like, bitch, I ain't scared of you or your knife. Let's get it on. So Elena walks up to Casey and decks her, bro. Just starts pounding on her, going and going. And Casey, she trying to hold up as best she can. But as we stated, she already knew she was about to get her ass beat. Casey is putting up some resistance. But as we said, she already knew she was about to get her ass beat. Like, Elena is digging in on her, going, 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 right? And, like, this a solid-ass white girl, right? Like, she got body. She not fat, but she's solid, you know what I mean? And Casey was not. Elena's getting her pretty good. She's definitely got the upper hand. She going, going, going. Then all of a sudden, she stops punching. And she stands up and touches her neck, and there's a knife sticking out of it. Elena gets up, holding her neck still, and blood just is running down her arm, down her neck, down everything. She stumbles out the gate, out the yard, and this truck sees what happens. So he pulls over, puts her in the bed of the truck, and rushes her to the ER. Now, shortly after the police are called, they go to Casey's house, and she is shaken up by everything that just happened. And I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that's, like, a lot to take in. Like, one, I just got my ass beat, and that's a thing on its own. But two, it seems like I've just stabbed my best friend in the neck, and that's a whole nother thing, right? So she is shrieking. She's screaming. The police said that she was so frantic that they had to sedate her. And they take her and they arrest her and put her in a holding cell. And she's being held for aggravated battery charges. But 30 minutes after arriving to the hospital, they get news that Elena has died. And now Casey's charges go from aggravated battery to second-degree murder. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. first place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting fall sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. Now, when Casey receives this news of her best friend's death, she becomes frantic again because how the fuck did we get here? How did this escalate so fast? This is not how today was supposed to... Y'all ever had a bad day? They'd be like, this is not how today was supposed to go. 
Like even if it was, even if it wasn't gonna be great, it damn sure wasn't supposed to go like this. A neighbor and her son were home and they heard all the commotion going on. So it was Peggy Livingston and her son Marque Winters, right? And Marque was like, "We watched the whole thing go down." Mm. He says. I was getting groceries out the car and I heard screaming, arguing, all types of stuff. So I go over to see what's going on. And I'm not going to say it's hard to see somebody getting stabbed, but it's just like when you see it, it's like, oh. She didn't want to fight her. You could tell she didn't want to fight. If she did, she would have gone out on the road, but it just, it could have been avoided. The news spread and people that knew the girls were shocked. I mean, they were really baffled. Witnesses were like, it was just a fight that clearly went too far. But the people that knew them, like, were really upset. Some people went to Facebook and they were like, quote, damn, I'm at such a loss for words right now. I don't know what the fuck to say for real, for real. Damn, I'm praying for you, Casey Carson. Keep your head up. God got this. Some other people said, quote, the love wasn't Israel, even though I wasn't conversating with Casey Kaysen like I used to, but she knew anybody and everybody knew I'm her rider and that I still love her and never stop. Elena, oh, how I love you so much and miss you and really wish you was here. I can't and will not forget this. You're both tearing me apart. My body can't take all of this and I'm lost. I love y'all. Why would y'all just like call me? I could have been like y'all Dr. Phil. Like I always, if someone, if anybody could have stopped it before it happened, it wouldn't have happened. And Elena, if you would have never went to her home, you would be alive right now. Man, y'all know this shit fucking with me bad. Two of the ones I loved unconditionally to leave me. It hurts so bad. Hashtag sleep in peace, baby girl. Elena, I love you with all my heart and I will never stop. Please watch over me, sissy. Casey, I love you the same. No love is better than the other. We all know that. And I just want us all together again. Hashtag Lord, please help. A lot of the posts were like this. They were like, I can't believe that this happened. Like, these girls loved each other. And the Live Oak Police Department, they said, quote, it's a very unfortunate situation in both ends. It's something you never want to see happen. I can guarantee you if they could relive that moment in time, they definitely would. End quote. And Elaine's mother, Angela McLeod, she said that she was devastated because she never would have thought that a fight would happen between the girls. I mean, like their parents knew each other like all the time. If the phone rang and it was probably one calling for the other. She said, quote, these girls were friends. Casey brought a knife to a regular argument between friends and killed her. She said, quote, People say my daughter is at fault for going over to Casey's house. She went there a million times. We all have girlfriends and friends. We go to their house, whether we're mad, whether we're arguing. You do not expect a person to stab you in the neck, end quote. Shortly after Elena's death, a social media post resurfaced saying rest in peace to Elena, but free Casey, causing a community divide. And that's what we see a lot in this case, because people are like, you saw one, you saw the other. So losing them both hurts. Elena's mother explained that she was worried about the community support for Casey because, of course, that means that's going to hurt the case and justice is not going to be served to Elena. She says, quote, I can't mourn because now I have to fight. I have to go and rally and stand up and get some attention. And that is my plan. On August 18th, 2015, a grand jury indicted 22-year-old Casey Kaysen on second-degree murder charges. 
Elena's mother made a Justice for Elena page on Facebook and Twitter where they posted rallies outside of the courthouse to charge Casey with first degree. Made research that said Justice for Elena. They had fundraisers and kept the public updated on upcoming news just after Elena's murder. On the Facebook page, I found a comment on there and it says, quote, Casey brought a knife out of her house to an argument with my unarmed daughter. That is premeditated bottom line. She killed my daughter, bottom line. She has to pay the consequences, bottom line. Casey sat in jail at the Suwannee County Jail for about a year and is charged with murder while engaged in a felony offense with a bond set at $100,000. During the investigation, Casey told the detective that the knife belonged to Elena initially. As soon as Casey is arrested, her grandmother gets a lawyer named Chuck Hobbs. Casey's grandmother and NAACP president for Live Oak Branch at the time drove to Tallahassee to hire Chuck Hobbs. The next day, Chuck goes and visits Casey for details of the incident, and he said he was surprised at how small she was. She looked frail. Chuck has handled a murder case before, but not one in which the murderer, or in our case, the murderess, had never been in any trouble before. Like, she was a good girl. We don't have signs of her being in trouble. Like, there was no, oh, she's going down a bad path that led her here. It just didn't make sense. She was a good girl. Very articulate, very respectful. And you can tell she was scared, you know? Everybody ain't built for jail. She sure wasn't. Chuck was trying to get Casey out on bond, but he couldn't because it's not very common to let a murderer out on bail. They don't love you in the state of... I don't know why people keep committing crimes in the state of Florida. I mean, it's the most lenient, but it's also the most, like, dumb. Just stop doing crimes in Florida. This case had become such a touchy subject. Like we said, her mom's out there rallying justice for our daughter, and I'm sure Casey's family was trying to support her in that same way you can see the mutual friends are divided they don't really know whose side to be on they're just lost and hurt overall so it's kind of like is this the case to let somebody out on bail it's already something we don't do but is this the case to try it with I think not he's working quickly because he's concerned he and their her family is concerned about her mental health being locked up Chuck filed a motion for stand your ground, but it was dismissed. And this really aggravated Chuck because the stand your ground law this is... This sure is Florida. Mm-hmm. Hell, I mean, it, stand your ground definitely takes place in this case. Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just it just hit me in my head. Now, Chuck found this frustrating because according to the 2019 Florida Statutes, Chapter 776, which covers justifiable homicide, a person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to his or herself or another person or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. Like somebody robbing you or some shit, right? Essentially, it's considered justifiable in Florida to use or threaten to use deadly force to defend yourself if you think you're in danger of being killed or seriously harmed by another person. Unlike laws in other states, you are not required to try and run away first. You can think back to the last big story we probably heard with Stand Your Ground with George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. In Florida, kiss our ass. But uh, she didn't have to run. She didn't have to. All she had to do was feel that she's in danger. 
And the girl is up there fighting her, wailing on her. So she's obviously in danger, which means at that point, you have every right to threaten her or kill her, according to Florida laws. Now, during jury selection, there were 150 people called to be potential jurors, and the judge asked if anybody knew Casey, Elena, Chuck Hobbs, or John Weed, who was Elena's lawyer or the state lawyer, to form a line to be interviewed. Every black person in that section knew Casey and didn't want to be a part of the jury. And Chuck was wary because he's like, hey, jury of your peers, I really would like some black representation out here, you know? Help a girl out. And now, as if being in jail for killing your best friend is not bad enough, a few months before she went to trial, Casey's grandmother died, who she was very close with. So they did let her out of jail for a bit to go attend the funeral, but she did not want to be seen in a church in shackles. So she arrived early, spoke with her grandmother privately, said her goodbyes before friends and family arrived because she didn't want to be seen in that light or that view, chained up and looking like a criminal because she's out here trying to fight for her innocence. And that's not the impression that she wanted to leave on everybody, especially not at her grandmother's funeral. A couple of fun facts about this trial, um, or not so fun facts, really. This trial, because of people knowing Casey, all the Black people, like Tazzy said, decided that they weren't going to do the trial. So it was an all-white jury, mostly men, mostly men that were, like, hunters by trade. So country, not on the side of a Black person in the state of Florida, men. Also. Not so fun fact. The case that happened in Live Oak, Ruby McCullum, you should know this by now. She was in the exact same courtroom that Ruby McCullum was in when she was tried and found guilty by an all-white jury. On Tuesday, June 18th, 2016, the trial began. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. A witness took the stand saying how he saw the two women together the night before the July 2015 incident. And he didn't notice anything unusual between them. They were together, friends, as always. Based on that witness's testimony on July 19th, 2015, Casey and Elena got into the argument outside of Elena's house, right? And at some point, the two made it to the fence, like to the fence on the property where Elena hit Casey. And once Elena hit Casey, they got into that physical altercation. And one witness, I think the witness's name was Marquay. I'm not totally sure, but the um, one witness was, he was literally standing outside like as he said he was getting his groceries he saw the entire thing so he was yeah, able to recount way. that yeah so he was able to recount that to the jury and he said he was like Casey was really getting beat up he said it on the stand no nah, she was getting her ass handed to her and both Casey and Elena's families they were they were emotional during the process I mean this is very hard like pictures and videos they're being showed to the jury about the crime scene um of Elena's body they're getting to see this all in the courtroom and it's not just again like these are one of those super hard cases because it's not me being mad at a stranger you know like I know y'all we've we've broken bread together multiple times and now we're here on two different sides of the courtroom it's surreal and it's painful. 
The prosecution sought for second-degree murder, but the defense said, listen, it's not second-degree murder. It's definitely not first-degree murder. It's just an argument that went too far. Hobbs, which is Casey's lawyer's opening statement, he said that the blood test indicated that Elena had both cocaine and marijuana in her system. And he was like, that may be the reason why she was having this weird behavior, calling Casey back to back, threatening to come over, wanting to put her hands on her best friend. Like, there may be a bit of a connection here. While one he of also the Facebook that- comments was like, I t- came home and heard this story and I talked to my mom and she said, please don't do any other drugs beside weed. And I promised. The defense also says that, listen, Casey was defending herself. Her father, Linton, came onto the stand and said that he believes that the evidence will prove that his daughter acted in self-defense. He said, quote, she came to my daughter's house and jumped on her. That's self-defense. The truth shall come out, end quote. A woman named Peggy Livingston, which is the neighbor and Marquay, the witness, that's Marquay's mama. She testified that she yelled for the two women to stop fighting. She saw it all and she was kind of yelling out to them like, hey, y'all, what y'all doing? Stop. But she didn't intervene because she could clearly see that one of them had a knife. So no point in getting myself stabbed. Now, they brought out this interrogation video um, when Casey was first arrested. And in that, Casey lied. She said that Elena brought the knife to her house and she was kind of like defending herself, got the knife and then stabbed her type of thing. But when she got on the stand, she recanted that statement. She said, no, it was a lie. The knife came from inside the house. I was trying to protect myself. Now, this was a tactic that her lawyer put in place because he was like, if you just go ahead and admit your fault and humanize yourself, and we talk about the fact that your goal was to protect yourself and protect your home, we might be able to get the jury to see your side. According to Casey, she never intended to hurt Elena. She just wanted Elena to leave her alone and to leave. She said on the stand that Elena asked her, what are you going to do with that knife? And she literally said, nothing. I just want you to leave my house. And she said that when she was there, Elena was like, no, come on the outside of this fence. Like, come on off the step out, step off the step off the property, step off the property. Everything just happened so fast. She said that she felt dizzy. And, you know, when your adrenaline is going so fast that you you kind of lose control of the bike. She was there. The defense said, quote, you recognize very easily that these two young ladies were best friends. They had a falling out. It was a tragic set of circumstances. But we don't think that it was murder. And Angela, Elena's mother, said, quote, justice needs to be served to her. She acted out of hate. I do believe 100 percent that she stabbed my daughter knowingly. Come on, mama. You think so for real? Mamas be knowing, but they also be hurt. Yeah, they also be really, really hurt. Now, one of the big things that the prosecution was able to bring up was the fact that Casey did lie in her initial interrogation. Multiple witnesses took stand in the trial in front of this all-white majority male jury. One explained that she also had an encounter with Elena like just two weeks before. And Elena, again, came over pulled up, ready to fight. The girl got on the stand and she was just like, Elena's done this, right? Like I lost a whole bunch of sleep on it over it because like I could easily be Casey. I'm a little bit older than Casey. So I'm a little bit wiser. I may have been able to handle the situation better, but we were in tech. We were really in the same situation. Like I really, I really understand how Elena is. And when she gets upset about something, she's nonstop, you know, like she, she is one person that will not let up. 
when she is angry. She can only imagine what Casey was feeling at the time. Other witnesses got on the stand and testified that Elena was using drugs. And when she was using drugs, that she was getting really aggressive. Like cocaine was really making her aggressive. Stated that Casey would do drugs with Elena, but, you know, even though they were doing it together, they weren't doing it with like their other friends. Casey, when she was on the stand, she was crying and she definitely said that she regretted the day and that day changed her life forever. On June 30th of 2016, just before 7 p.m., Casey was found not guilty. Upon hearing the verdict read in court, Casey and her family broke down in tears. After spending a year in a Swanee County jail, Casey was finally free. You know what they always say with cases like this, there is no winner. Casey's attorney said, this is very frustrating for me and my heart goes out to Elena Sortaika's family because their loved one is dead and they'll never be able to see her grow and live the rest of her life. Now, upon her release, Casey's family took her to an undisclosed location because several threats were made to her while she was both inside and outside of the courtroom after the verdict was read. Now, of course, around town, this easily became a big race thing. It was about race. It was about this. It was about that. One person commented on Facebook, so tired of hearing about this race shit on Facebook. When it comes to Atlanta Sartaika's death, people, it has nothing to do with race. And it was not self-defense. Y'all go on somewhere with that shit. Justice will be served. Prison time is going easy on her. So I think, but oh, well, I guess it'll always be about race bullshit in this town. Excuses, excuses. And I have to be honest, this one doesn't feel racially motivated. But at the end of the day, yes, it's always about race. Yes, it's always about race. I do it was like about race able... when she couldn't get a black person on her jury and needed to well, be debated it... by a jury of her peers. I mean, yes, and they all knew her, but like it's still about leveling the playing fields, right? And that's why it's still important because at the end of the day, you still, that's why it frustrated him, right? That he couldn't get a black person on a jury because at the couldn't end of the day, couldn't get a black person on the jury, always about couldn't race. get stand your ground, which right. you see that that stand your ground can and has been used. Or pale cases. On July 15th of 2016, Elena's brother, Kevin Jr., made this post on Justice for Elena's Facebook page. It reads, Dear family and friends, Firstly, I'd like to apologize for the delayed update. Since the trial, I've sat and thought many times about what I needed versus what I wanted to say here to all of you. For the time being, my mother and Amanda have felt the need to deactivate their Facebooks. They both need time away from social media for now, which I think everyone can understand. However, I feel after all your favorable support, you deserve one last post from my family. After I've had weeks to allow everything to sink in, I decided it was time I spoke out in the name of my family. To all of Elena's supporters, I know in many ways we all feel defeated by the verdict that was delivered. Not guilty was an outrage and an injustice to our baby Elena. It will never make sense to many of us. Regardless of why the verdict was delivered, it will never be excusable and will haunt us forever. I don't want to make the verdict in the body of this purse, though. We were not granted justice in the courtroom. However, each of you gave us a bit of justice by standing behind Elena's name, unified in your search for her justice. Justice could never have been enough. It could have been something, but it would have never been enough. But you all were truly humbling to be around in these horrifically painful times. You continuously showed your love to Elena and her family, and we will never forget that. So as of right now, Casey, of course, is a free woman, but she has kept a very low profile and has seemed to stay off of social media. Now, according to her LinkedIn, Casey attends Independence University, and she is pursuing her bachelor's in healthcare administration and worked at a health and rehab center in 2020. 
Nearly a year after her trial ended, she worked at Burger King and Walmart before going to college. In August 2022, she bought herself a new truck and she still is taking care of her little boy. Um, We were able to find the truck because the dealership posted her and it was like, I made my sale. You know how they do. It seems like she still resides in the Live Oak, Central Florida area. Now, Angela McLeod, which remember that's Elena's mother, she seems to enjoy married life with her husband, Gary, and she's got a blended family now because she's married to a new man. Elena's biological father, Kevin Sortica Sr., is heavily involved in charities for the homeless and other marginalized demographics in Jacksonville, Florida. He still honors his daughter through acts of giving back to the community. Elena's siblings, cousins, and other family members post pictures on social media of Elena from time to time in memory of her. And this is the story of Casey Kaysen. All right. That was, I don't know, that one was still pretty sad, even though she was found not guilty. Let's go on to the next segment. It's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I didn't do it, but if I did, I don't think I would have done it because, like, I don't know. Like, this is your best friend, and you know she crazy. You know she crazy. Um, I didn't do it, but if I did, I think that the furthest that I would have gone is she's at my house. I'm not going to come outside. I told you not to pull up. I'm calling the police on you. And Elena was a white girl. Right, Elena was a white girl, so it's not like you're putting her in crazy danger. And I just feel like their friendship was just so deep and deeper than what we can really find off of the Facebook messages and stuff like that. Like, they've been friends for a long time. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have never brought the knife out of the house because, to Mara's point, you already know your friend crazy, so it's gonna escalate from there. So I would have just, I would have never gave it the situation to go that far. At most, I would have stayed at that assault and battery charge and it should have been on Elena because she the one who pulled up. I ain't do it, but if I did, I feel, I I was going to say I wouldn't have said that initial lie because that gave a prosecutor something to hang on, like saying that Elena brought the knife, which is, I think, her trying to figure out how can I get out of this situation and being young and dumb. Thought that that was a good idea, luckily. I think, of course, she did the right thing and told the truth. I don't know. This is just so sad to me because I just... Elena's mom is so hurt, so devastated by this. And we've seen cases or we've heard of cases where the parents of the deceased are just like, these girls were crazy. And how can we make sure that we're protecting both of them at the same time? And she was coming for Casey's head. And I just, I don't know. I just don't, it doesn't feel right to me, especially when the facts of the matter is that she came to a place that she wasn't invited. So it's really sad. And I hate that. I just, this killing was so unnecessary that it's, I don't know, it sucks. It's it's not, as far as like true crime goes and the excitement of true crime and the reason like people love true crime, like this isn't one of them. This is just a sad story. And here we go again. We have another case, another case about a nigga. He gets to fly right under the radar. Yeah, niggas, niggas like to set shit on fire back up and watch it burn, you know? Yeah. And there was always back and forth on who was actually doing something. Casey said that she never did it, but he said that he was sleeping with both of them and Elena's not here to speak for herself. Like, and we've seen it. Like, we see it on reality TV where men do stupid shit like this, like, and put friends against each other over them. Like, they it. Like, they him. 
All righty. Um, I think that's it. I was going to say parole or no parole, but she was found not guilty and is a free woman. I personally agree with the verdict. Tazzy? I agree. All right. So let's go ahead and read some reviews and get out of here. This review comes from our public Facebook page. Quincy says, this show is everything. I spend half the time singing show tunes with Marah and giggling and yelling the stupidity with Tazzy. My sisters recommended this to me and listening to it made me feel like they're giving me the gossip. And when I told my mama about Angela Simpson and Omaima and those ribs, her face, (laughs) y'all. Keep it up. Certainly giving black excellence. Thank you. This one says, plugged in. I didn't learn about your podcast till Halloween, too. and between now and then, I've heard every episode. I binge at work. Y'all help me get through those last 12-hour shifts. Appreciate the work, ladies. Well, don't be mad when it's over with, because I don't know how you're going to get through it after that. <laughs> don't go <laughs> so too fast. Mean. Y'all got that bonus episode last week. Don't don't get too excited about don't that, okay? Don't get too excited. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's the end of the show. If you want to keep up with us, you can. You can follow us on Instagram and on Instagram we'll have some pictures. Sisters Who Kill Pod on TikTok. Sisters Who Kill Podcast on what are the other apps? Twitter. Sisters Who Kill. What are the other apps? TikTok. Facebook. I already said TikTok. Uh-oh. Facebook. Uh, the public Facebook page. You can like it. You can leave reviews there. We also have a private Facebook discussion group. You can join both. You know what I'm saying? You can do both. And but, but that private discussion group is kind of exclusive. So you gotta answer the questions to get in, okay? And you gotta act like you got some sense to stay in, okay? It's like being popular. It's hard to get in <laughs> and it's harder to stay in. Let them know. All right, y'all. Uh Tazzy, you got anything else? Talk to us, we talk back. Bye. Bye.